Hey, Mark. Hi. How can you tell if a Grateful Dead fan has been on your couch? I don't know. He's still there. Ah, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> you didn't tell me the joke before. I like it. I assume everything tie-dye is Grateful Dead. Might as well be. So when I was in high school, we talked about this a little bit. You invented tie-dye? I invented tie-dye. <laughs> and the Grateful Dead stole it from me. I really genuinely wanted to try and get into the Grateful Dead because okay, at pause. the time. Let's fucking stop. Why? What and because, why? Because I was young and I want, it was a, the popular kids were wearing Grateful Dead shirts, which were all just tie-dye shirts. What time? Uh, when was this? This was in the, I graduated in 1997. So this was in the 90s. Where? In upstate New York. Okay, that makes sense. This is all right. just jam bands in general. I get it now. Fish was very popular. And so I tried really hard to like the Grateful Dead. I just, I, I couldn't do it. Even then with the reward being popularity, which when you're a teenager. So did you just pretend to like it? No, I did at one point. But, you know, there was like a litmus test in high school. Okay, well, what's your favorite song? And I'd be like, uh, fucking Casey Jones or whatever. I don't know. They'd be like, oh, you're a faker. You don't even like the Grateful Dead. And so I would, you know, try to learn Grateful Dead stuff. But at the end of the day, I gave up. We could probably just talk about hippies this entire episode. My problem with this band is just as much the hippies as it is the music that they make. I really do hate the music that they make also. But we've talked about this before. I'm pretty much guaranteed to hate any band that has a culture like this around it. And the more it looks like Burning Man, the more I'm going to hate it because I fucking hate hippies. But it's not just because it's annoying. I don't hate the culture around bands like this. We could throw ICP and Juggalos in here too. Sure. I don't hate it just because it's annoying. I think that it is actually damaging. I would argue that that type of fan base is actually why the band sucks and why the music sucks. I don't mean that if the fans were different or less annoying that I would like the music. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I see a direct causal relationship between that type of culture around a band and the awful quality of that band's music. There's no separation at all. Correct. That's what you're saying. They have molded into one. That ties into this other thing that people will say... I like that band's first two albums, and then after that, they started sucking, right? And we've talked about that before, too. A lot of the time, when that happens, what that really is, is someone who got caught up in the hype around a band. Once the hype died down a little bit, they started hearing the music for what it really was. And they can't fully admit to themselves that those first albums also sucked. So they hang on to that and say, those are still good, but after that, it got bad. It was probably always bad. You just got caught up in the hype. That's a really common thing. You know, it's okay to just not like something once you realize it's not good. Exactly. You like something for a time, then you get older, or something changes in your life. It's okay to just be like... Oh, actually, no, thinking about it now, it was all bad. But sometimes the people who say that shit are right. Sometimes the band really did make a good album. Sometimes sure. the band really did make two sure. good albums, and then they started sucking, and there's an excellent reason for that. And the reason for that is comfort is the enemy of creativity. I love that quote. If you, I do. Well, I don't know if it's a quote. I just said it. I don't know if someone else said that. Yeah, but. wait, you just... You, <laughs> no, oh, no, that's definitely a quote. If someone else said that, I'll give full credit to them. Like similar. I, maybe it wasn't the exact thing. It's uh, complacency is the enemy of creativity. I, something like that. It is, though. If someone achieves a high level of success... They get comfortable. If they had to struggle to create the thing that made them successful, once that struggle gets taken away, they very well may start putting out bullshit. You made a couple million dollars, a lot of your problems went away, you just don't make good music. I mean, this is a huge subject. We could talk about this for a fucking hour, for sure. But to bring this idea back to the Grateful Dead, or any other act with a built-in community of fans like this, 
There are no consequences for anything that they do. There are no stakes. There's no risk involved at all. Because no matter what this band does, no matter what this band fucking does or doesn't do, there is a population the size of a small country that is always going to keep buying tickets to their concert, buying Skull logo t-shirts and the Dancing Bear merch. They can't kill it. At every one of their concerts, they could randomly select a person from the audience, bring them up on the stage and execute them with a shotgun. And this would still keep happening. Yeah, I mean, they really could bring a microphone on stage and fart into it. I actually don't even know if people at the concert would even know what's going on. How many people go to a Grateful Dead show and actually ingest what's being played? Imagine knowing for a fact that you don't even have to try. Yeah, that sucks. There's no such thing as putting out a bad Grateful Dead record to a Grateful Dead fan because it doesn't matter. They all say that all of the Grateful Dead's albums suck. Jerry Garcia said that the Grateful Dead albums suck. They know for a fact that there are no consequences for this shit. When Jerry Garcia says to a journalist, the Grateful Dead don't make good albums, that means he knows that he doesn't have to. Yeah. At least everyone who likes this band will be, you know, way too mellow to overreact to this episode. Yeah, they're going to be like, dude, that's not cool, dude. I'm just going to be a stoner for the rest of the episode. Dude, no, <laughs> dude. Like, you need to chill, bro. That's going to make me really you need mad. To- you need to take a deep <laughs> breath, man. Just chill. Some of the biggest assholes I've ever met in my life are stoners. Stoners or deadheads? No, it's just stoners. You cannot fuck with your brain chemicals like that for such a long time and not suffer consequences from it. It makes you emotionally immature. You're triggering so many people. I don't right give now. a like, fuck. There's so many people listening to this right now that are like, motherfucker. They know I'm right. On some level, they know I'm right because it's like a pendulum. You can be balanced in the center or you can swing right really far in this direction and feel good, but you can't fucking stay there. It's going to swing just as hard in the other direction. And when it does, it's bad. It's really bad. If you've ever seen a stoner have a meltdown, it's fucking, have you ever seen that? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that you have because it's a common thing because what I'm saying is true. I'm not saying smoking weed's bad for you. You're going to get a brain disease or whatever, but there can be no question. If you smoke weed every day, you can tell, you can definitely tell if you meet someone, if somebody's like a full on stoner, like wake and bake. Yeah. You can tell within five seconds of talking to them. There's nothing else going on there. It's just all they care about. You know, look, I think we're both fans of enjoying yourself responsibly, having fun. Fuck yeah. At the same time, maybe practice a little bit of balance. Just understand what's happening. Like, all I care about is that people are self-aware. That's all I need from anyone around me. It's just please understand who you are and what you're doing. I love self-awareness. It's fucking great. It is. And if you're listening to this and you're wondering how come we've barely fucking talked about the Grateful Dead so far and why we're talking about drugs so much, we'll get there. But drugs are the only way this happens. Yeah, drugs are the glue. This doesn't happen without drugs. No. This doesn't begin without drugs. This doesn't continue to be a thing without drugs. And it's not still a thing without drugs. I'm saying objective facts to you right now. This is not my opinion. But we got to talk about drugs for a little bit first. No drugs, no dead. Mark doesn't know what my notes are here. I have not. I've he not has seen already them. said the thing that I want to talk about when he was in high school. He tried to get into the dead and people would quiz him to see what his favorite song was. And if his answer wasn't good enough, then they would be condescending to him. There's nothing worse than a condescending stoner. Yeah. I don't understand why people who do certain drugs think doing those certain drugs makes them better than anyone else or smarter. Elitist stoners. You think you're expanding your consciousness. Eh. 
Ugh. I hate everyone who's ever said expand your consciousness. Functionally, that is not what's happening. No, it's not. You're not becoming smarter or better or wiser. You're not becoming more conscious by getting high. It's just different. You're tuning the dial. If you're a radio, you're now on a different station. If you could stay tuned to the station that you were on before and also bring in the other signal and process both songs at the same time, then you would be expanding your consciousness. But you are not doing that. You cannot exist in a state where you are capable of rational thought while also existing in a state where you think a fucking grasshopper is talking to you. <laughs> I have not had that experience, but I get what you're saying. If you're an adult and you're not going to hurt anyone, Do your thing. and I'm not telling you to break any laws or anything, no. find out what's out there, but fucking come back. Because if you don't come back, then you didn't take a trip. You took a permanent fucking vacation. You're staying there. You're gone. Be careful. Whatever you decide to do, just make sure that you're safe. And you said that. I think that's important. Yeah, don't be a fucking but, dumbass. But, but, but come back is what you're saying. Dude, I was in San Francisco one time on Haight-Ashbury, like in Haight-Ashbury, walking around and where all the, the hippies, you know, culminated at one point. And there was a gentleman who with like gray hair. I think you might be misusing that word. Well, <laughs> whatever. This 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 older guy with gray hair like almost onto his waist and a gray beard down to his belly button sunglasses on just walking the streets and i remember thinking to myself oh my god he never left he's still here he's still walking the streets 50 years later that's how i feel about anyone who likes this band yeah they're still here it's just fucking let go oh my god let go of it it's bad uh you tried to say that we should take acid before doing this episode. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we've kind of missed the real opportunity to record ourselves doing this episode on drugs. My concern would have been, well, A, freaking out because I don't have a ton of experience doing acid as in none. So I might have had a meltdown, which would have made maybe a funny podcast. I don't know, but I might not have enjoyed it. But maybe we would have actually liked the band. That would have been my biggest concern. Mm -mm. No, it wouldn't have happened. You're saying no. I can tell you I would have done it. I don't think it would have been possible for you to do what we're doing right now now while you're tripping for the first time i don't think you'd even be able to talk into the microphone tell me your thoughts on the grateful dead i'd be like i don't know you'd or, be having a good time you'd be like bumping into the microphone <laughs> and the headphones would get all fucked up and you wouldn't be able to it would blow your fucking mind yeah. that you were hearing my voice go through this microphone and then through these cables and into your headphones it would fucking rock your world <laughs> that sounds really fun yeah we would not be we would not be having this conversation you would be like oh my god i can hear your, your vocal cords. <laughs> I could see that. I, I guess uh, maybe we'll save that for another time. Maybe we never will. I don't know. You may never know, listener, whether or not <laughs> yeah. we are on drugs. We could have smoked weed before this. That would have been fine. Yeah, I get quiet when I'm high, uh, which reminds me, let's have a real quick story. <laughs> I did go to uh, San Francisco for New Year's with my wife. Are you trying to fucking move to San Francisco? I love San Francisco. It's, okay. it's a great city. Pretty expensive now. Uh, oh, God, you can't live there. I can't fathom living there. You have to make so much money, which I don't make that much money. Anyway, so we were there for New Year's, which it was great. Awesome. It was like 50 degrees, which compared to where we live was mm -hmm. great. It was below It was freezing. really cold yeah. here. So uh, we forgot that weed was legalized as of January 1st. So we were like, oh, let's go get legal weed because it's completely legal. We can go like wait in line at the dispensary. Yeah. Like adults should be yeah. able to do in America. There's a huge line. It was a big party. It was actually really fun. But we got these edible gummies and we got a couple joints because they're pretty. I mean, it's crazy. So you got way too much drugs. Basically. So we got enough drugs probably last us two weeks, <laughs> yeah. maybe a month. I'm not even 
even kidding. But, you know, you're like a kid in a candy store. Like, oh, my God, I want to buy this. I want to buy that. So we bought some gummies and we didn't even make it half the block back to the train station in Berkeley. And we're staying in San Francisco. So I was like, all right, well, let's just eat some of these gummies and then get on a train and go back to the hotel or at least go back to the area we're staying in. So we ate the gummies and stopped to get food. And I didn't even I got about three quarters of the way through my food. And I was like, okay. I looked at my wife and I was like, can we go? That fast? <laughs> yes. Damn. It was like, well, it says in the package, fast acting. Okay. So I don't know, I guess it dissolved really quickly. We didn't actually make it back to the train station before I was losing my mind. It was really bad. I actually had a really bad time because I overdid it. Ended up having to get an Uber back. But uh, one of the experiences I had while we were walking around was like, oh, hi in Berkeley. This is like the, the ultimate place to do it. And I started having all these just crazy things running through my brain. And I was looking at some of the people that were living on the streets. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to end up like them. Like, yeah. if this is it. No, you're right. You would. I'm done. You keep doing that shit. Yeah. You would end up like them. <laughs> the guy with the gray hair running through my brain, I was like, Oh my God, am I going to be here still in like 50 <laughs> years just walking the streets of Berkeley stoned out of my mind? Yeah, I can say without a doubt that if you were to play me some Grateful Dead when I was in that state of mind, I, I would have hated it. I can actually put myself back in that state of mind a little bit and the only thing I wanted to do was sleep. But if someone goes, oh, dude, just listen to this music and vibe out, I would have just had a panic attack. No one likes their fucking music. I guarantee you there are more people who own that skull logo or one of the dancing bear things than own music by the Grateful Dead. There's got to be people that don't even know that the dancing bear thing is a Grateful Dead thing. I guarantee they wear Grateful Dead shirts without even realizing or knowing who the Grateful Dead are. Because they saw that shit in head shop. You're stoned in a head shop and you just buy it. I'm certain that has been the case for a long time. All right, but here's what it really comes down to for me with hippies. On the surface, a hippie is this whole peace, love, unity. We're all one. We're all in this together, right? Free love, man. Yeah, that's a hippie, right? Yeah. Okay, all of that's great, but... There is nothing more antithetical to that than existing in a perpetual state of self-indulgence. Here's a really extreme example, okay? Give it to me. It's just you and me sitting here in this room right now. One of us is on mushrooms or acid, whatever you want to say. Which one is it? And the other one is totally sober. Who is it? You choose. I'm sober. You're on drugs. Okay, I'm on drugs. You're sober. Okay, yeah, yeah. Someone comes crashing through the door yelling about how there's a school bus that just drove into a lake over here and there's a bunch of kids who are drowning. Oh my God. Which one of us is in a position to act like peace and love and unity and we're all one and we're all in this together? Which one of us is in a position to actually fucking contribute to their community? Me. Yeah. I'm going to go save the kids. That's an extreme example. Your point is taken. It could fucking happen. Absolutely. A, it could. it could happen. And B, less extreme versions of that do happen every fucking day of someone being too fucked up to help, to fucking be there. And I'm not saying that you need to exist in a state of perpetual fear that a bus full of kids could be drowning and you've got to be prepared. What about like if you're the child of a hippie and you get sick and you need medicine? Flower child. Yeah. For one thing, your parents probably don't fucking believe in medicine so no. that's a problem second even if they did they don't have a driver's license so they're not driving you to the pharmacy and they don't have a fucking job so they can't buy it stand outside walgreens trying to trade a fucking uh, beaded necklace for some antibiotics there's always some new alt medicine being pushed by hippies the newest one i i think it's elderberries we should talk about the raw water thing i don't know i forgot <sighs> i didn't have that in my notes you don't know about the raw water thing no okay this is what's happening in silicon valley right now what uh, is raw water it's untreated water that's what these people are 
fucking drinking. What does that mean, untreated water? What do you mean? Like it comes from someplace? Like, is then they go to a well and just drink it? Yeah, outside. They go outside and get water and put it in a thing and then sell it to someone. The reason why it's treated usually is to remove bacteria and parasites and, parasites yeah. and negative things. Yeah. Or and or make sure there's no chemicals in it from like a nearby power plant or something. Mm -hmm. They just drink it. They're yeah. drinking raw water. Oh my, that's weird. But why? What's the what's the argument? They're saying that tap water is contaminated with medications that get flushed sure. down and recycled. Yeah. That's all true, but also buy a fucking filter and filter that shit out of your water. That's just a stupid thing. Is there something they're arguing that is being removed from the water besides bad stuff? I think this dude has straight up said, uh, call me a conspiracy theorist, but uh, fluoride is a mind control drug that they put in the tap water to keep you stupid. Okay, well then blah, blah, blah. I get that. You don't want to drink fluoride. So just don't. Don't drink a fucking mud puddle. Yeah, that's stupid. This is what happens though. With hippies. This is, this is what happens with hippies all the time. You can either be a positive factor in your local community or you can exist in a mental state where you think noodle dancing to the worst band in history is a great idea. And if you choose the latter, know that you are a drain on everyone around you. There's a balance there. You can have fun. We're not opposed to you having fun. I am opposed There's to hippies. Nuke the hippies. Right, because you're saying hippies are in a constant state of this is what you're saying. Yeah. Your argument is that there's not a time and a place for enjoyment with hippies. It's just a lifestyle. Beginning to end, day to day, every day, this is what you do. Because it feels good. That's unfair to everyone else. It is. It sucks. They think that they're right. They think that everything should be like a Grateful Dead concert. They think that's how society should be all the time. But they're fucking wrong. And they're not the first people to think this. There have been cults like this since at least ancient Greece, you know? And it never becomes the thing. It's not like everyone's like, oh shit, those people are right. We should start doing it that way. Yeah, never. Ever. Yeah, we should all do that from now on and not do any of this other society bullshit. The Grateful Dead were right. If you like your smartphone, if you like listening to podcasts, if you like progress, you can't be a fucking hippie. Yeah, there is no progress. There's no hippie. electricity. All right, so I'm sure there are people who are listening to this who think it would have happened without the drugs. It would have happened. Okay, so let's just circle back to the beginning and we'll talk about how we fucking got to this situation. Day one, Grateful Dead start being a band. They go on the road. No, that's not at all what happened. <laughs> I know. I'm just doing this while you were crossing things off. I was riffing, dude. Dude, I'm just like, I'm riffing, dude. I'm riffing. I'm riffing. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> you hate my riffing? It's because you're not on drugs. I hate the fake hippie. I w <laughs> dude. <laughs> One of the Grateful Dead's first band names was The Warlocks. Ooh. Weirdly enough, also a band name being used on the other side of the country by the Velvet Underground. That was one of the Velvet Underground's first band names. I like that band name. And if you want to talk about a band with an extremely rewarding collection of live bootleg recordings that you can get into, then we should spend the next 45 minutes talking about the fucking Velvet Underground. Sure. If you're a fan of the Velvet Underground, I'm not even joking. If you're a fan of the Velvet Underground and you've never heard any of the bootleg recordings, Recordings of the Velvet Underground. Fucking cancel your Netflix subscription. Stop watching Stranger Things. Stop everything else you're doing. Go find the biggest torrent file you can find and download every Velvet Underground bootleg recording that you can and just enjoy that. Enjoy the trip down that rabbit hole because it actually matters. You will actually hear good things in there. Versus doing the same for Grateful Dead. Yes. I mean, how many live recordings do they have? Thousands. It's definitely thousands. Here's the name you need to know. Owsley Stanley. He's the reason why anyone ever even knows who the Grateful Dead is. Because Ken Kesey, the guy who wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, he started having these parties in California. These acid parties real early in the LSD game, right? 
Owsley Stanley is literally the first guy to start privately manufacturing LSD. The very first person, who not a giant corporation, not a giant company, the first fucking person, mass quantities of LSD just coming out of wherever this guy is, right? He's supplying the acid for Ken Kesey's acid test. The Grateful Dead gets hired to play at Ken Kesey's acid test. That's the only reason we're talking about any of this shit. So objectively, LSD is the only reason any of this happens, and it's about to get even stronger here. So Owsley is this total mad scientist character, right? Does he talk like my hippie guy? He probably he fucking probably, does. He probably God does. Damn it. You're right. He he's my does. hippie guy. Go ahead. So he makes the drugs and he's also obsessed with audio equipment. So when he meets these filthy fucking hippies in this band at Ken Kesey's party, probably all broke, they've got shitty gear. Guinea pigs. He just met his guinea pigs. He just met his lab rats. The mad scientist just met his lab rats. So here's the next thing that happens. In typical hippie fashion, the next thing you know, this entire band is living in a house that's paid for by Owsley Stanley's drug money. This band is playing through gear that's paid for or built by Owsley Stanley. He is the reason for the whole thing. He did this. He becomes their sound guy. Now, this whole time, is he still making acid? Fuck yeah, Mark. Uh Uh-oh. Anyone who's ever wondered how this whole Deadhead thing got started, anyone who's ever wondered how the Grateful Dead shows became such a big deal, like, follow the drugs. It's not a coincidence. It's never a coincidence. Well, the guy was from there from day one. There's literally one guy. There's one fucking guy who makes all of the acid. And he happens to be... This guy just so happens to be the sound guy for the band that just so happens to become... It's Their concerts are now where you go to get acid. Yeah. How convenient. <sighs> you could say that the first people that went to see... Were they called the Grateful Dead yet? Or are they still the Warlocks? Doesn't matter. It's the same thing. Went to go see this band. Not to necessarily go see the band, but went there to buy acid. Absolutely. And then they just stayed because like, well, I paid five bucks to get in. Now, your fucking skin is melting off. You can't fucking feel your face. What are you going to do? You're going to go hang out at IHOP? I have a theory. They were a normal band in the beginning. So they're up on stage playing. And then once they looked out in the crowd and realized that their sound guy had given the 20 people that were there originally acid. And they're all just tripping their balls off. They just kept playing. And they were like, oh shit, dude, we can't stop playing. All these people are tripping. We got to keep going. I don't think that's what happened. And then they just, I know this is just, I'm riff, dude. <laughs> dude, listen, man. I'm just riffing here, bro. We just riff. From day one, this band was just an excuse to take acid. Shit. It, Not only an excuse, a place to go get acid. Practically a requirement to acquire <laughs> the acid. You had to go see yeah, them. Yeah, go to this fucking band's concert. It'd be like being a band that plays in a like a pot shop in California, like, but you have to sit there and watch the band play before you can buy weed. Exactly. That's the same thing. And anyone who thinks that this band ever would have been a thing that was talked about, ever would have been a thing that we would still be talking about now, you know, decades later, anyone who thinks that this would have happened with Without that being the situation, you have permanently fucked your brain up with chemicals. You are fucking done. You're melted. Yeah. Forever. You're checked out. You're You're gone. You're super melted. Because there's no way this happens without the drugs. These guys are such fucking terrible musicians, Mark. Every band of the 60s and 70s is better than this band. Plenty of them sound awesome when you're not on acid. Yeah, I couldn't actually find anybody that said that anyone in the band was exceptionally good at playing their... The only thing was Garcia's voice. It was the only guy... What the fuck? He's a terrible singer. I I thought so too, but that's the only thing I found was him saying, 
Well, he had a good voice. I see people call every one of them great musicians, but they're not. People say he's a great guitarist. He's fucking not. People think that uh, the bass player is awesome. I don't know if the bass player of this band even knows what the bass player of a band is supposed to fucking do. Well, the question is, is does noodling around on your guitar doesn't make you a good guitar player? They're objectively terrible musicians. Everyone wants to tell you, well, have you heard this album or have you heard this specific bootleg? No, I was going to say, it's more the bootleg. This one bootleg. Have you listened to the January 10th show in Illinois? 1977 is the big year that everyone says. But dude, 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 there's two recordings. Have you listened to the other recording of that night? Because one of them is really good. Like that's that's the kind of shit you hear. Oh, there is no magic key to unlock the secret door to a world where enjoying this band is acceptable. The good stuff is not on the bootlegs. The good stuff is not on the studio albums. There isn't a decade where this band is good. <laughs> there is no good stuff. Everything sucked. It all sucked. It always sucked. The only reason to ever have been within earshot of this band's music is to get drugs. And the only reason people keep going back is for the drugs or to try to feel like they felt when they took the drugs. They're trying to chase that experience again. If you can't get acid, well, at least you can sit around and listen to The Grateful Dead and think about how much fun you had when you were on acid. Yeah, it's time to get something new. Create new memories. It's time to get out there to experience the world again. Almost nothing makes me more uncomfortable than nostalgia. Dude, I'm the same way. I do not like nostalgia. I'm not a nostalgic person. I actually specifically don't like when people live in their nostalgia. It makes my skin crawl. It does me too. When all the people do is talk about this time of their life or this experience... Uh, it annoys me. If I thought that I had already done all the cool shit, what the fuck am I doing? Why do I wake up every day? Yeah, I don't know. That's terrible. But I find it so strange that there are so many people who are supposedly cracking their mind wide open with psychedelic drugs and expanding their consciousness. They just spend the rest of their lives trying to go back to this one well to get this one glass of water that they drank 25, 30 fucking years ago. And the glass is just empty now, but they don't know that. We should have gotten a meditation app to sponsor this episode. Oh, so I can calm down? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, that's part of it. Maybe you need to meditate. No, uh, to uh, help people uh, maybe uh, find some new purpose or whatever. I don't know. Being being he in the here and now instead of living in this constant state of uh, what happened in the past and recreating the past. Everyone thinks that we're doing such a negative thing with this podcast. It's so ridiculous. Like, I see so many positive outcomes. Yeah, you'll stop listening to shitty music. That's the surface That's the level. Phase one. But phase two is maybe finding some new things to enjoy besides chasing old Grateful Dead feelings that you used to have when you listened to them. So the one album that everyone says you have to listen to is American Beauty. I don't want to listen to it. I did. You could tell me that this album was a practical joke on everyone who had never heard country music before to tell these people this is what country music was. Is it country? Does it sound like country music? They're trying. It's absolutely an attempt to be a country band. Not, like What it sounds like to me is it sounds like six different people learned different country songs, but they forgot to check with each other and find out if they were all learning the same ones. Oh, shit. And so then they all got together and just started playing what they knew anyways, and it didn't really matter if it was the same song as everyone else was playing. And also, none of them got good at their instrument. The only good instrument on this album is the mandolin. They got an actual mandolin player to play on it. It's like a high school band gone wrong. It really does. I could find kids in high school that could make this album better. I mean, right away on the first song, I'm, I just made notes on all of it. Please, yeah. I feel bad because you did message me and you said that you were listening to it. No, I told to you it. that there was no way you yeah, were going to listen to said, it. So I didn't even try. It was so difficult, man. I really wanted to stop, but I felt like I had to listen to it. I fucking, I went at it with an open mind. I was like, if this is good, I'll fucking say it's good. It's one of the worst albums that I've ever listened to. 
to. Valiant effort. It's fucking terrible. Right away on the first song, Box of Rain. Okay, if you're still listening to this somehow and you actually fucking like this band and you like this album, the first notes of the first song, my immediate thought was anyone who likes this needs to start listening to the birds as soon as they can. Get the albums, Notorious Bird Brothers or Sweetheart the Rodeo. Listen to that. Then what you're going to want to do is go get Gene Clark's solo albums, White Light and No Other. Stop listening to The Grateful Dead. Just fucking stop. The vocals are terrible across the board. The first song, one of the notes that I made is, these vocals are atrocious. I don't know if I can do this. That's on the first song. (laughs) He couldn't. It was the very first song. That, That was your note. I love it. Friend of the Devil. Just listen to real country music. I cannot stress how important it is. Please start listening to country music. And if you don't know where to start, fucking you're in luck because I happen to make a podcast about great fucking country music and people like it. It's It seems to be a good podcast. It's yeah. called Cocaine and Rhinestones. You can fucking go listen to it right now. You should. You should. Now, the truth is I don't even like country music and I think your podcast is great. And that's not me just telling you that because you're sitting across from me. I tell, people, <laughs> I tell people that all the time. Maybe that's why I don't like the dead. I didn't. I have listened to this record. But I was probably, you know, 16 or 17, so that was long. The songwriting is bad. The performances are bad. They're bad at playing their instruments. The songwriting is so bad. All this band is, is guys who like other music getting high and trying to play that other music. And in a jumbled mess. And on this specific album, what they're trying to play is country music. That sucks. It's abysmal. It's See, especially bad for you because you have a history in country music. I don't know if anyone who had spent a long time listening to and enjoying country music and had never heard The Grateful Dead and then went and listened to their Americana phase or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I don't think it would be possible for that country music fan to like this. You know what we should do? I just had an idea. See if we could find like a teenager, 16, 17, 18, maybe even an adult that have never listened to the Grateful Dead. We're in Nashville. We should just fucking go down to Broadway, find country music tourists and... Yeah, there you go. It could be like that uh, that cake video, the short skirt, long jacket cake video where they went around and played the song for people and had yeah. them talk about... We could just do that. Take a fucking video it's, camera. It's not a bad idea. We should actually probably do that. Maybe we'll start having some video content and that would be something we're gonna have. I really don't think it's possible to know country music, to have an experience with good country music and hear American Beauty and think it's good. All that it is is terrible country music. That's all that it is. They're not adding anything to it. Please believe me. They're not adding anything to it. <laughs> they're not getting adventurous with it. I know what it sounds like when someone can't fucking play a guitar riff that they're trying to play. Mm-hmm. It's fucking bad. It's just bad music played by bad musicians. W- let's move into the live shit. There's a huge difference between a group of musicians who know how to play their instruments improvising with each other and a bunch of guys who can halfway play an instrument getting real fucked up and fumbling around on stage for an audience who's so far out of their mind they would have just as good of time standing there and watching a herd of sheep bleeding at each other. When they're that fucked up, I honestly think you could be standing on stage doing just about anything and people are going to be enjoying it. Even this band's fans know that their music sucks. Albums and live. Every deadhead community that I found researching this episode, every message board or whatever, had a thread that was just Grateful Dead fans talking about the worst Grateful Dead concert that they saw. (sighs) These are fans of this band talking about the worst concert that they saw because they know that the concerts are bad. That's all there is to it. And if you think that there's a good concert... But dude... Dude. You know what? You know what? I'm willing to admit that there might be one. And the only reason I'm willing to admit that is because of the 10,000 monkeys in a room with a typewriter eventually writing Shakespeare. Something is going to come out. Right. That's the only reason I'm willing to admit that there might be one fucking Grateful Dead concert that was just brilliant from beginning to end. One of them has to be amazing. But dude, dude. 
Have you ever listened to the live recording of... Check this out. The band, The Almond Brothers. The Almond Brothers. The Almond Brothers play Southern rock music, and they are also classified as a jam band. Are they? Yeah. I did not know that. People classify them as a jam band because they play long, extended jams of actual songs that are written well with good lyrics, and you can become emotionally invested in them. And they play around with those and improvise with those in concert because that is what real musicians do. I found a quote from the Almond Brothers drummer, Butch Trucks, one of the most respected drummers in Southern influence music. Guess what he's got to say about the Grateful Dead, Mark? He loves them. No, he does not love them. What does he say? So anyone who doesn't want to listen to me, let's find out what Butch Trucks has to say. Quote, pretty much when we played with them, it bored me stiff. They would just mill around on stage and half the time tried songs they didn't know. They would fall apart in the middle, quit playing, and stand there and just look at the audience. But still, they draw these massive crowds. I asked Bill Graham once, what is it? He said, Butch, it's not about the band. It's about the crowd. They go because they know all their friends are going to be there. They'll find their group, look up at the stage once, and say, yeah, there's the band. And then that's the last time they ever look. And I said to Bill, well, yeah. That kind of makes sense. Makes total sense. It's a cult. Again, people, that is a conversation between the Grateful Dead's fucking concert promoter, Bill Graham, and the drummer of one of the most respected Southern rock bands in history. And the shows that he's talking about were in the 70s, when the Grateful Dead was supposed to be at their peak. That's what he's talking about. So what more do you need than that? It really does exemplify everything we've been trying to say this whole entire time. If you do think this band is great live, if you think that they were jamming out with each other and riding a wavelength together, and that I just don't understand how avant-garde they were, how ahead of the curve and outside of the box they were it's beyond me that's fine i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about we'll say that i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about you don't anyone anyone who thinks that ornette coleman is anything short of a god when it comes to improvisational music you're entirely clueless before sitting in with the dead he's standing there he's watching them play and he turns to look at their fucking manager and ornette coleman says to the grateful dead's manager man these guys don't listen to each other when they play yeah because they're just literally doing their own thing the whole time Then he walked out on stage and probably made them look awesome for however long he was out there anyone who knows what they're talking about hates this fucking band the only people who like this band don't know what the fuck you're talking about it's a cult it's all it is it's marketing through tie-dye bear and skull t-shirts and it's a cult because people don't actually like the music they just want to go have an experience you could replace the grateful dead with anybody you could take drugs at any concert you could go to a fucking slayer concert and take acid and it'd probably be fucking awesome really it sounds like it'd be like a I would nightmare. Do it. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Maybe we will do that. It doesn't have to be this way. You can have the acid. You can have the community. You can have the telepathic conversations with your friends. You can have all that <laughs> shit without the bad music. Cut the part that sucks and do the rest of it that's awesome. Trim the fat. To be fair, I said that the only way this happens is drugs, which that is true. But it is possible to get into the Grateful Dead without being on drugs. Apparently. If Ann Coulter is telling the truth, then it is possible to be a huge fan of the Grateful Dead without... Can you imagine she's the person that you want to look to, though, for... Because she is a huge Grateful Dead fan. Oh, my God. That explains so much. And she's sober. Or she's saying she is. She's saying it. I mean, I kind of believe her. I do, too. I mean, I... Fucking asshole. She doesn't seem like the kind of person that would lie. She said some vile shit. Honestly, calling her a huge fan of the Grateful Dead may even be an understatement. She fucking loves this band. In 2016, she wrote an article for Billboard. 
She did not get interviewed by a billboard. Like an op-ed. Wrote an article, yes, about how much. She estimates that she's been to 67 Grateful Dead concerts over the years. Owns maybe 50 of the live bootlegs. This just makes me hate the band even more. And I believe claims to have never done drugs at any of these shows. I think that's bullshit. I think she's lying. There's no way you go to that many shows and don't do drugs. I don't know, man. The whole thing revolves around it. I just don't think that's true. I think she's lying. Maybe she's not. I guess I don't know for sure, but that just seems improbable. If your favorite band is the Grateful Dead. Your favorite band. Well, but wait, dude, dude. If you listen to the August 9th, 1970. It's the best recording <laughs> of the Grateful Dead, dude. Oh, it's so bad. Grateful Dead sucked. Thank you for listening to Your Favorite Band Sucks. If this was the first episode you heard, then I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't make me beg. I will. Okay, I'm not going to beg. If you don't want to subscribe, then you can go fuck yourself, just like the Grateful Dead. I was worried about Mark there for a second in this episode, trying to get into the dead and everything. Poor guy. Oh, and if anyone remembers me saying, I'll teach Mark how to do these outros so it's not me doing them every time, he's playing hard to get. I'm still working on it. But next week on the podcast, we're doing something that's needed doing for far too long. We're taking down Weezer. And I mean we're taking them all the way down. Listen to me right now. I'm not joking. If you're a Weezer fan, the next episode of this podcast is going to fuck you up hard. It gets ugly. Don't say I didn't warn you.